Welcome to the Australian Weight Loss Surgery Podcast, where every two weeks we explore all the aspects of the weight loss surgery journey. We'll hear from a range of experts, including bariatric surgeons, psychologists, patients, and dietitians, sharing up-to-date, informative advice to help fast-track your long-term weight loss success. Welcome everyone to the Australian Weight Loss Surgery Podcast. I'm Jackie Lewis and today I have with me special guest Lauren Peach, a health coach from New Zealand. Welcome Lauren, how are you? I'm great, thank you for having me. I'm glad to have you here. I think you've been a bariatric nurse for a number of years. You've actually had bariatric surgery yourself and you're highly experienced in the specialty of bariatrics. You had a gastric sleeve and you've also been uh, worked in the community-based settings with bariatric patients and now you've taken on health coaching can you tell me a little bit about that I was inspired really to while I was on maternity leave to change it up change it up and do something new I saw a lot of comments and whatnot in Facebook groups about how much people were struggling and I could totally relate and I thought you know what I could be a fantastic support for these people who just have questions that one um, sometimes their team just can't get back to them in easy time and two it gives me an opportunity to do something a little bit different, change it up a little bit and take all my favourite parts of nursing and put it into clients in the community. Absolutely. What are the connections between the health coaching and the nursing, do you think? It's everything. So nurses wear so many hats and we're constantly coaching for health irrelevant of whether you've had weight loss surgery or any other type of health need. We're constantly looking for the best practice in terms of the science behind it, as well as looking at supporting you in staying fit and well. You've also done postgraduate studies in pharmacology and pathophysiology. And does that extrapolate into your health coaching as well? Like having that understanding and intricate understanding of how the human body works. I guess you're bringing the mind concept into that as well and marrying the two together how does that pan out in your coaching sessions oh it's huge so basically in one of my past roles I worked with prisoners so I very much know how to tone things down to a level that people truly understand without taking out all the medical jargon but giving them a thorough understanding of actually how the weight loss affects the changes in their body whether as you lose weight cholesterol levels actually increase because the fat cells are broken up and placed back into your bloodstream Many people get pulled up in that year post up by their GPs and they're going, well, actually, you need to change the way you're eating. And a lot of people sit there going, I am. And that's just because it's those fat cells getting broken down. And so it's so easy for me to actually explain that science to my clients in a way that they understand and then work in that mindset. So let's ignore to an extent what the GP is saying there and focus on staying on track with what we're eating and changing your habits to get you so that it's sustainable long term that's a good point it's knowing what is a problem and what's a transient change I suppose and that's a big one I think a lot of those blood lipids and gallbladder issues can crop up after surgery and um, I think recognizing what's going on in the bloods from a practical perspective and understanding the process of what the surgery is doing and what these lifestyle lifestyle changes bringing about gives you a bit more of an understanding rather than a, oh, your cholesterol is high we need to you know stop eating all animal products which is also a mismatch 
misnomer anyway. So, um, yeah, I think that's a nice thing that you can bring to the process. How long ago did you have your surgery, Lauren? Um, so I'm two and a half years post-op. And, and you have I've been a sleeve? To- I had a sleeve, yeah. yeah. And I've lost um, over 54 kilos and, yeah, truly ch- changed my life. And if you ask anybody, I'd sit there and say, it's the best decision you could ever make for your health. Oh, absolutely. And what brought you to the, the point where you decided to take on having bariatric surgery? So it was actually my wedding. Oh, really? I struggled. I got to 124 kilos, which is on the lower end of things for some people that end up having weight loss surgery. But um, it was a BMI of about 40. And I was, I'd spent the whole time leading up to my wedding trying to lose weight. And I was just getting bigger and bigger. And I, I was over it. I was like, actually, the reality is my kids, I've got three little girls. I need to be there for them long term. And I knew I was on a fast track to probably not seeing my 60th birthday. So yeah, it was an absolute big decision for me, but I had a, my husband's been absolutely fantastic and on board and um, I just knew the science behind it as well. It made total sense and it's worked. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I guess you do your own coaching as well, right? And so you've obviously been, are you still nursing or have you taken your focus straight into the coaching side of things and looking after people from that perspective? It's funny you say that because a lot of people ask me, are you um, going back to nursing? And my response is always, I'm still nursing. So I'm a coach, but I'm just, um, I'm nursing in a different respect, really. So I can, in my job, I can liaise with GPs if they need me to. So it's a a totally holistic approach to nursing and my clients in the community. I can talk to their GPs around, actually, maybe you need to look at doing these blood tests because sometimes the follow-up in the community isn't that great by their surgeons because some people just have, some surgeons just have too big a client load that Mm. some things just get missed. And that's just the reality of the life in the medical profession. But having someone like me who can actually sit there and do a little bit of the extra leg work for them just takes a bit of the pressure off and my clients know that they're well supported in that respect. That's a great marriage of those two components, isn't it? I think a lot of the time when you take on a coach, they're more looking at your mindset and, you know, here's the next thing you need to do to change the way you think about that, which is a great skill to have. But to have that medical component also blended in, it'd be great value for your plot for your patients for sure oh 100 percent. and then tracking in the third factor of having had the surgery myself so completely mm. understanding the emotions and the physical side that they're going through it's yeah i really if i was to try and expand my business i don't know how i would do it because there's not many people out there who are like me <laughs> we all say that it's like you need to um get into cloning as well as uh coaching and nursing <laughs> Yeah, that's a brilliant marriage. And so how much value does having you as a health coach give to your clients? What sort of Um, outcomes do you see for them? And how do you feel that the um, the process you use is impacting on their success? Oh, it's fantastic. Um, it's absolutely massive. It's more than I could put into words. It's basically an intensive support system for them. I offer a lived experience and I couple that with the science and the medical knowledge and I back it all up. So I can explain to you what you're, what's going on with your health, what medical conditions you have, what medication you're on, why you're on it, as well as, I guess, the nitty-gritty Um, Mm. sometimes people look at medication and I'm not a pharmacist but my life as a nurse has been medications and 
I, I, I had a client the other day who said, oh, actually, I'm taking this medication, this medication, but I have to have it with a cracker because I need to have food. Mm. And I'm like, well, actually, you're taking a Meprazole, so that lines your stomach, so it's not actually as vital to have a cracker. And if you do think you need to have something in your stomach, maybe have a bit of protein instead. Having someone to say that where people just sometimes are floundering around just trying to make up the rules as they go along. Mm, that's true. And I think we see also that people are given some, you know, set of meds to go home with from the hospital. It might include the Nexium or, you know, different things they need during that period. And they may miss that next appointment so they don't get the review. And then they just think they need to keep on taking that. So a lot of it is that particularly as your body's changing and the weight is reducing, that meds need to be monitored on a regular basis as your progress goes along so that um, things stay in balance. And some you won't need or, you know, for too much longer after the surgeries, being that it's metabolic, there's a lot of changes in that as well. So, yeah, to have a second set of eyes that's, you know, more often more regular than the times that you get to see your dietitian or your surgeon, it's a real win. It's great. Yes, it is, yeah. And so when should one explore getting a health coach would it be immediately or is it a longer term thing what do you find is the norm yesterday (laughs) (laughs) no um so it doesn't really matter at what point you reach out and get a truly valuable health coach the point of the matter is if you're struggling with your mindset or you know you're going to struggle whether it's pre-op or post-op getting your head in that right mind frame and getting that intensive support that you need is going to be invaluable so I basically say to my clients I'm giving you a toolkit pick and choose what you want to use but remember that there's always other options and you know for the duration that I'm working with you I'm available almost 24 7 to um sometimes I've got to sleep (laughs) (laughs) having a five month old and maybe not that much but yeah I get there yes um but basically having that toolkit's gonna lead you to succeed and it's just a matter of reaching out getting the support you need answering those nitty-gritty questions that you're like I really don't want to contact my dietitian I know they're busy I can't talk to my surgeon for another six months you know just in your GP, you've got to wait two weeks to see them as well. But having someone that's just kind of on the other end of Facebook Messenger going, oh, yeah, I can do that. That's fine. Yeah. Or, um, yeah, maybe try this instead. It's all you need is two-second conversation, but it makes all the difference. I think you're right. It's that consistency of the care and the feedback is you're right. Some people are posting in our group that they've got such and such going on and they can't see their, their GP even for three weeks. And how do you fast track that? Whereas if, yeah, you do have somebody that you can bounce a few things off which also is a um, very reputable source I must add quite often we see some interesting questions posted in Facebook groups about you know random pain or things that are going on and we're like that's not a place for Facebook that's more someone who can tell you what you need to do with that so it's a safe place to go as well I would imagine so how does a coaching session look for someone who's just stepped up to the plate and decided that you're their coach how does it look from the beginning um so the first session is all very much about um, gathering your health background and how far post up you are, what your medical conditions are, that kind of thing. Offering a little bit of advice around where you're at and what your burning hot questions are. Mm-hmm. And then the whole program gets really tailored to you specifically. And um, so it's so flexible. You kind of set the pace of what you're wanting to discover about yourself. And with, um, so there is a bit of a program kind of timeline for me, but I very much tailor it. So you have in a bad week we don't have to do what I have planned we'll just sit there 
together and chat about what's on top and we might cover that later we might not just depends on what direction you're headed so um, every four weeks uh, I do mainly do a 12-week program and every four weeks we set a new goal and that doesn't mean that the last goal gets deleted we just add and build on to it and every Mm. week I also offer my clients action points to little bits of I say homework but it's not homework um, because I had there's no test at the end of it Um, (laughs) just little action points to kind of take home and apply into everyday life that's over and above what you're doing to achieve as your bigger goal but yeah and uh, the feedback I've had is that that's been really invaluable even things as small small as getting out of bed in the morning putting your feet on the ground and going today's going to be awesome Hmm. very much a mindset isn't it you know and rehearsing those thinking patterns that will create change and I think when you're going through this turning life upside down as bariatric surgery will do it feels like there's so much to change and that maybe you're not doing enough but I think that realization of those little everyday small we call them atomic habits little tiny things that just change your trajectory if you're doing them on a regular basis and I imagine that's kind of who you are for these people is a reminder of you know here's how we need to approach life and this is the attitude we might bring to it and here are some tools to practice and to get you there yeah it's a great combination I think just to have that little person sitting on your shoulder and you know someone in your corner when you're feeling like things aren't as easy as you'd like them to be yes definitely and that sums it up so well I definitely find that um even just someone sitting there telling you you had a bad day okay that's cool it happened let's just move on tomorrow yeah no don't start next monday start tomorrow so yeah yep. it's just those those reminders and so looking at bariatric surgery there's an a ream of people who succeed for the longer term and they make all these changes and do extremely well lose the weight and manage that as a lifestyle there are a contingent who start to regain after a period of time why do you think that is and what how does mindset work to help improve those long-term results so i believe that in terms of this and i could be wrong but my belief is that the only reason you would fail is if you're not using it as a tool that it's designed to be you're using it as a get skinny quick and if you don't use it to change your lifestyle and change your habits then you are going to eventually end up in that regain bracket it happens like that's life but it's something that the sooner you can get your mind space into the right place and change those habits and they say you know having the small teaspoon of the whale at a time to get rid of the whale (laughs) that's going to make all the difference I like one of the books I highly recommend is Tiny Habits by BJ Falk Mm -hmm. and um, I use a lot of that in my practice and he just talks about the team any tiny steps you take to changing your habits so um breaking them down into those small pieces and making them become as normal as say brushing your teeth mm. uh, one of the example he uses in his books is he gets off the toilet and does a couple of push-ups now i'm not saying that's the best <laughs> idea maybe wash your hands first <laughs> but, um, yeah. even just making small changes so that say it's the equivalent of making a cup of coffee or mm. um putting on your car it's a chore that sometimes you enjoy doing sometimes you don't but it's about creating it as just a normal part of your day and it's that commitment to yourself I think is that you've taken this huge step to want a better life and then looking around at ways of bringing that into practice there's another book I love which is Atomic Habits James Clear and that's a game-changing book and it's a very similar thing he talks about them being atom-sized tiny little habits that 
all build up into, you know, changing your direction completely if they're implemented on a regular basis. So it's those, they're not big things, but they're consistent things and they're choices that we make, I think. And um, just the regularity of having the reminder of someone to say, hey, what about that habit we're trying to instill? How are you going with that? And a bit of accountability when you've got a coach, I think. Yes, and that's um, something I say. I'm not just a health coach. I'm an, an accountability coach. So mm. some of my clients, um, I get them to check in daily with how much water they've drunk. And that's not for me because I really I don't mind. But it's about keeping them on track so they're knowing, oh, actually, Lauren, if I don't message, Lauren's probably going to ask me. So uh, it keeps it in yeah. the back of their head. Yeah, it's front, you know, those um, constant reminders of, you know, this is what we're setting out to do. And I think all of the best intentions of goal setting and writing things down for yourself are great but if you're not being reminded if you don't pick up that book again and have a look at what you wrote it's easy to just kind of write them down and forget about them as well so it's um it's good to have that reminder and life gets busy we all know that but um it's about actually i mean as you said we had the weight loss surgery so it's about putting yourself first and going i deserve so much more and i'm so worthy of it Mm. and that is a huge component of the thinking that we need to part is this self-regard and treating ourselves as we would our best friend how do you access that in someone who hasn't been doing that what are your thoughts on you know bringing them to a place where they're like no I am I do deserve this and I think that's what kind of does underlie some of these regained situations and failures is that people start to succeed and they're not used to it. And then the saboteur will come up and send them back to where they came from. How do you access that part of a person and kind of turn their thinking around to really understanding and self-care and self-regard? So for me, I look at it as a lot as fear. So there's a lot of fear that drives that system of binge eating. And I firmly believe that overeating is a mental illness. And um, as such, we should be treating people with this disorder as such, as much as we would someone with anorexia or bulimia. And and I think just actually having someone that you can talk open and honestly with about and come into terms with actually what is that fear and what you'd like it to look like, what you would like yourself to look at like long-term is going to, it starts to change your perspective instead of looking to the, oh, what happened yesterday? And I mean, I'm not a psychologist, so I can't undo a lot of that trauma, but I can work forward to building a beautiful picture on the horizon that we're going to work towards. Yeah, changing that outlook, I suppose, and being in the moment, would you say, is another thing that you've... Yeah. Yeah. And and what kind of tools do you bring into that when you're trying to get someone to be present in that that it is disordered? So it's bringing order into a disordered situation. Yes. So that is a huge component is getting your house in order is something that I teach pretty early on in the course around um, you can't have an organized functional life if your headspace and your house is absolutely unorganized and um so it is the small action points that we put in place to just slowly work on that as well as identifying what our triggers are that's massive with my clients and why they're reaching for that comfort food which is the whole reason why most of us got to the weights we did in the first place yeah correct and replacing that with something more constructive is that the approach to use yes yes it is yeah i think that's the other thing is that we look at Um, this new lifestyle and we remove all these things that used to you know help us to feel good or give us that hit and and there's links to the dopamine pathway and the reward system and food just speaks directly to that so there needs to be something that is equally as 
excitatory that we replace that with? And what is the process around finding that for a person? Because it's different for everybody, isn't it? And um, it's, yeah, and it's so individualized. So it's working around whether you set uh, each time you lose five kilos or 10 kilos, setting a small reward for yourself. Mm. And that may work for some, some people. It doesn't work for everybody. But um, whether that's going for a small clothes shop or a large um, clothes shopping spree, it really depends on where everyone's at there. But it can be as much as, I don't know, taking a trip to the beach with the kids, even the small things. So my myself, for my birthday this year, I decided to get an adult scooter. <laughs> and 50 kilos ago, there was no way you would have got me on an adult scooter. Absolutely. And you know what? I can keep up with my kids and I love it. Wow. I've got my baby in the front pack and we're off. <laughs> <laughs> And you have three daughters, is that correct? I do. I have an almost so being, seven-year-old, a three-year-old, and a five-month-old. Wow. And so being busy is not an excuse, is it? No, no. <laughs> Tired maybe, but yeah, that's okay. We managed to fit it into our lives. And um, I always said I wanted a busy household, and I definitely got it. got to watch what you wish for, don't you? <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> three girls is a handful. Good on you. And so... I have one more question and it's more around, yeah, how do you on a day-to-day basis manage three young children, your own lifestyle and your journey, and then everybody else's? What are your coping strategies for when things do get really busy? Um, So I also promote self-care, which um, is the fundamental. Everyone should be doing self-care. My shower at at night before I go to bed is my happy place. It's my five minutes. Well, it's a bit longer than that. I don't have to worry about anybody. I'm like to my husband, see you later. I'm going for a shower. (laughs) Wash the day off. That's pretty much it. um, It's been organized as well. So one of my clients I'm working with at the moment, we're literally reorganizing your fridge and reorganizing your pantry. Yeah. And a lot of people, we've not been shown how to do that. No, no. And um, it's not something that's natural. It's you are shown how to manage your food that comes in and food that goes out. I know we have a great system of, you know, food goes into containers if it's not been eaten at that meal and it goes into the fridge. And then what happens with it after that is anyone's guess sometimes. So it's, um, it's a process of, you know, each week reminding yourself of what it's like a stock control environment really and making sure you've got all the things on hand that do keep you organized, keep your portions managed, all of that sort of thing and feed your children. (laughs) Yeah, at some point. And how has that been a benefit for you? I mean, you've obviously changed the way you live your life and and the way you eat food and that sort of thing. And now it's part of the family way, I would imagine. What are your thoughts on, you know, what we're handing down to our children, our beliefs around food and and the way we do food? How has that changed for you? Oh, hugely. Um, I've moved from being someone that was just, let's get the easiest meal we could possibly get straight down to McDonald's or Burger King and just um, you know I'm too tired by the end of the day and that was when I had two children let alone three (laughs) (laughs) so someone who actually I look at my kids and I'm like you deserve so much better but also 
you know, planting your veggie garden, having the kids involved in that, they get to choose what goes into the veggie garden. They're lucky enough that their grandparents own a farm and um, wheat, so they get to see where the meat comes from as well. And yeah, that um, whole process, that's brilliant. Yeah, and just that reward of them, especially seeing the vegetables that come out of the garden and go straight into their meal, and they're more likely to eat it. Whereas, you know, if you get frozen veggies out of the freezer, not that they're a bad thing, but there's just less enthusiasm towards a meal. And you want to have meals, especially good nutritious meals, as a happy fun time for your children. I'm not one for pushing them to finish their plate because I see where that got me. Yes. And that's a generational thing, I think. I think it's only the most recent born babes who don't get forced to eat everything that's on their plate. And I haven't had the surgery and I was the last of five children and you weren't allowed to leave until you'd eaten that food that you didn't even dish up. So it's not based on how do you feel, what would you like to eat, how much. It's here's your dinner and eat it, make sure you're finished. So I've had this conversation with my siblings. We all had difficulty understanding that leaving the dinner table wasn't linked to feeling so overstuffed and in pain from eating such a big meal. Because my mother's way of loving us was you've been fed, I'm very busy and here's your food. So we always had good food, but we had too much of it. And then that sets you up for every time I eat food, I need to be stuffed full and that's what a meal is so when I left home it took me a long time to recreate my habits around how much is a meal and um, when do I stop eating and I can (laughs) I don't have to sit here until I've finished eating so it's all of those that becomes the way we feed ourselves those you know younger beliefs and systems that are in place at home so educating your children around where food comes from and you know how it grows and all that sort of stuff it makes it quite wondrous and it's a journey rather than slap on the plate here's your meal and it doesn't have to be a wondrous journey every day of the week but it's nice for them to have that um, empowered decision making around you know I've got beans or cucumber which one do you want and then they think they've made a choice and that's great yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's how I did it you've got two choices which one would you like so you know it's it's what we offer as a choice is um clearly uh how they start to live their lives you know for the longer term and then that becomes that generational change i mean obesity is such a familial link to you know that families have this surgery different uh, married married people have this surgery because they have the same ideas around food and i think you know when you have done that and changed your understanding of what food is and where it comes from and you impart that on your children you know that you it stops with you then and they get another opportunity of having a different understanding of the world and you know perhaps their weight and their health more importantly so I think it is we need to think as adults who do have kids in the house just how much what responsibility do we have for ourselves keeping ourselves healthy for them, but also to teach them how to manage themselves throughout their lives as well. I think they're starting to do that better here, at least in primary school. When my son went through, they've got some great public health programs around food and growing food at school and Stephanie Alexander's public health program of, you know, the the kitchen garden. And now children are going home and showing their parents how to do food. And they're saying, I want to do this, you know, because they're learning it at school. And that's 
you know, then permeating the household as well. So it, it is, we're slowly getting there. I don't know in New Zealand, how, how are you experiencing that with your children? Yeah, definitely very, very similar. I know there's a lot of move in New Zealand back to having school-based meals where, um, because there is a high level of poverty as well around um, the schools actually providing nutritious meals for the kids, mm. which I think is absolutely fantastic. But I really wish and I hope we see in the future a lot more education for our young people, you know, that um, even the 18, 19-year-olds who are finding their feet just around how to successfully get the nutrients and food that they need to fuel themselves not just Mm. empty calories yeah absolutely changing what's available and also even if it is available changing their thoughts around whether they want it or not I think that's where we have to go now is that so much is on offer the minute we step out of the house there's the supermarket even structure you know different foods are at eye level because it'll make you want them so it's like we need to educate our kids around well that's they're doing that you know this is a plot (laughs) for want of a better word this is placement so that you see it and you want it and you have to understand that you're being marketed to so you have to be aware and I think that's the big key as well as have that mindset of I've, I'm in charge of what goes into my body I won't be you know had everything thrust at me each time I leave the house yes leave which is very hard at home <laughs> that's another good way of doing it is paying cash yeah. it means for the very first time I went to the supermarket in a long time and I had cash because I'd left my cards at home. So I had a budget for the first time in ages. <laughs> and that was really interesting because when you've got your card, you know that you've got choices outside of $50 that I found in the console of the car. Um, yes. So it really made me make my decisions differently. And I think when you walk in, even if you've got in the bank to buy more, but if you set yourself up with that structure of here's what we're doing this week and what can we do with it, I think that's a really, I think this, yeah, we've become very unconscious spenders of, well, just put that in the basket because we'll just tap the card at the end and off we go. Um, So there's a lot, there's a lot in it as well. And I think, yeah, having someone like you pulling up those ideas and helping people to make good decisions is a key thing. So how do we get in touch with you, Lauren, if we decide that we'd like to take on your services as a health coach? Well, um, at the moment, I'm based on Facebook. If you search at Lauren Pete Health, you will be able to find me. Um, I am about to get a website up and running. So once that's up and running, you'll be able to find me at www.petehealth.co.nz. Um, and my name should be in this podcast, so you'll be able Absolutely. to find out itself. <laughs> Down in the show, underneath every episode, we have show notes. I'll pop in also the book you recommended. So any resources and any, you know, things that we've spoken about in the car, in the podcast that are relevant we pop them in there so if you're looking for lauren and you obviously do you run only in person sessions or are you also available online so most of my clients are done via zoom yeah yeah i have a couple in person ones but most i'm located in wanganui new zealand so not many of my clients are based yet not a huge city but um yeah so i basically can operate anywhere in the world if you need me to pretty good isn't it we've become and i think if anything good came out of COVID 19 it was this like we just bring the world into our living room really easily so again we're not dictated to by the local health coach we can have whichever health coach we want and if should that happen to be you it doesn't really matter where you are yeah exactly yeah it's amazing we've um 
come such a long way. So thank you for your time and your insights into the mindset changes that are needed to be implemented around um, that long-term success after weight loss surgery. I think you're doing a fantastic job. Thank you. I really appreciate it being included and I um, hope to see more on the podcast and I hope to hear from anybody that actually thinks I need your help. So I'll be here waiting. Absolutely. And we'll pop your email address in the notes as well. So it's um, easy to reach you. Thanks, Lauren. Wonderful. Thanks for your time. Thanks for listening. And just before you go, we would love to hear your feedback. So please give us a rating and review. For other interesting topics of conversation and inspiration, come and drop into our Facebook community at BN Bariatric. If you've enjoyed our podcast, we hope you will share on your Facebook or Instagram and hit subscribe so you'll never miss an episode.